Lord God, you called out for Samuel, and he responded. You called out to Saul, and he responded. And you call to us to follow you as well. Lord, teach us today what it means to have a divine detour interrupt our life. And let us always seek your will. In your name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you taken a road trip this summer? I know a number of our folks have been sending in uh, photos from their vacations from around the country and even in other countries. You saw some of those images before the service began. Some people took their little bendable Jesus character with them to remind them Jesus is with you wherever you go. Uh, Continue to send those photos in if you take a road trip. My wife and I recently returned from a 10-day road trip to Southern California and then made our way back the northern route uh, through Barstow and Needles, California, and then uh, to Flagstaff to spend a few days up in the cool country before coming back into the valley. Road trips can be fun. Of course, sometimes road trips come with some surprises. For example, have you ever been driving along and suddenly you come upon a sign like this? Detour, road closed, right? You had your route all planned out and then, lo and behold, there's a detour. Detours can be frustrating sometimes because uh, they, they sort of force you to change your route, change your plans, They throw off your ETA, your estimated time of arrival at your destination. Now, of course, usually there's a good reason for a detour. It's just they're somewhat inconvenient for the driver. But then there are those people who just completely ignore road signs, like these two drivers who happen to be caught by a photojournalist going through and past the road-closed detour sign. I don't know if they ever got a ticket for doing that, but obviously they ignored the sign. It reminds me of a a joke I heard recently about two ministers from a local congregation who wanted to do something to have an impact out in the community. And so one day they're standing by the side of the road holding up a sign that read, The end is near. Turn yourself around now before it's too late. And they, they planned to hold up the sign to each passing car that would come by. Well, the first driver came by and he rolls down his window and he screams out to them, Leave us alone, you religious nuts. And he sped on by. And then from around the curve, the two ministers heard screeching tires and a big splash. And one minister said to the other, do you think we should just put up a sign that says bridge out instead? Yeah. Well, today's theme is divine detours, divine detours. A few weeks ago, you may recall, the theme was dangerous detours, detours we want to avoid Uh, We heard the story of Jonah, for example, going in in the wrong direction, taking a bad, dangerous detour, and the story of the prodigal son doing something similar. But today, we're underscoring the fact and recognizing that at times, God puts up a detour sign in our life. 
in order to send us in a different direction than we had been headed in the first place. And such was the case with a man from the first century by the name Saul. Of course, we heard about him in today's epistle reading from Acts chapter 9. A little review about Saul. Saul was a very religious man, a very pious, zealous practitioner of Judaism. He was a Pharisee among Pharisees and a strict adherence to the law. And he uh, was determined out of what he thought was right motives, he was determined to arrest and even put to death any who claimed to be followers of Jesus or followers of the way as they were called in those days. And that included those followers of Jesus who might be in the town of Damascus. And so one day Saul was on his way from Jerusalem to Damascus. So this map just kind of gives you a little idea of the proximity of those two towns. And yes, by the way, the location of ancient Damascus is the same location of modern Damascus, Damascus, the, the uh, capital city of Syria. So Saul was on his way to Damascus, and as he neared that town on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Luke tells us that Saul fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, sir, he said in in astonishment. And the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. And when Saul got up, he couldn't see anything. He was blind. His friends had to lead him into the city of Damascus. And he was blind for three entire days. But while he was there, not able to see anything, he began to pray, seeking the will of the one who had called to him. And he had also been given a vision of of another believer in Jesus from Damascus, a man named Ananias, who in his vision Saul saw was going to come to him and restore his sight. And yes, in the meantime, God went went to Ananias And he tells Ananias to go to the place where Saul was living, where he's dwelling. He was told to go there and place his hands on him to restore his sight. And initially, Ananias wasn't too keen on this whole idea. He'd heard about the reputation of Saul, who had been arresting and putting to death followers of Jesus. So Ananias was a little hesitant at first to go along with the Lord's plan sort of argued that this didn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense. But eventually, he followed the instructions of the Lord. You might say this was a divine detour for Ananias as well. God had a plan that was different from Ananias' plan as well. We pick up the story then in verse 17 where it says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, The Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. 
You know, in this story, Jesus certainly got Saul's attention when he called out his name. Saul, Saul. Clearly, this was a divine detour for Saul and his life. I want to ask you a question. Is God, perhaps, trying to get your attention to take you in a different direction in life? Is God trying to get your attention to take you in a different direction in life? Now, you may not be hearing God's voice audibly like Saul did or like Samuel did in the Old Testament reading for today. But are you perhaps hearing that still, small voice of God in the silence of your own heart? That voice of conscience indicating that it's time to go a different direction? a different direction than you've been heading perhaps for some time? Is there a divine detour in front of you? Perhaps there's someone here today who is recognizing that his or her life is off track. Perhaps something like Saul's life was off track. Maybe you see that you've been headed in a wrong direction altogether, and that you need a change. Maybe that's what brought you here today. Maybe you have some regrets about the past, and you showed up here today to see if there's anything God might be able to do about it. Maybe you took some missteps along the way, and you're wondering if God can set you in a new direction to take a new step. Maybe you're here today having made some rather poor choices, cho poor choices in your life, and you're wondering if God can still even forgive you. Well, the truth is, friends, Jesus loves you so much. He gave his life for you. He gave his life on a cross 2,000 years ago precisely to set you on a new path, not only for this life, but for all of eternity. Jesus loves you so much, he willingly took on himself all the wrongs that all of us have committed. He took on himself the punishment for all of our missteps, for all of our poor choices. He, though he was innocent, died in your place and mine. And now he says, believe that I did this for you, and you are forgiven, and you have the gift of eternal life as your own through faith. You know, if you think about it, that's exactly what happened to Saul. He experienced a brand new life, and so can you. You know, I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward and make a public profession of faith. But I do want to invite you, if I'm speaking to you right now, I want to invite you to come and talk privately if you would like to. Either Pastor Dave or I would be happy to meet with you, to talk about where things are in your life and what God thinks of you and out of his love for you in Jesus and how he has a plan for you. Let's talk. Our contact information is in the back of the bulletin. Feel free to call or email us. We'd love to be in touch. You see, what I want us all to understand is that Jesus 
even though he could have, did not reject Saul. He didn't reject him. He redirected him. Jesus knew Saul had great potential to do great things for the kingdom of God. And he became his, became his chosen instrument to do just that. Jesus knew that Saul was incredibly talented and gifted, spoke numerous languages, that he was highly educated, that he was a Roman citizen and yet was a Jewish man comfortable in both settings. And Jesus transformed Saul's life not only spiritually but professionally and he transformed him and changed him into the greatest missionary for the gospel of Jesus Christ that the world has ever seen. And he sent him not only to reach out to his fellow Jews, but to Gentile peoples in foreign countries and gave him a wonderful ability to relate to people of various cultures and and language groups. St. Paul had such an impact. The world hasn't been the same ever since. He wrote 13 letters during his ministry and those 13 letters became 13 books in the New Testament. God had a calling on Saul's life. Let me ask you, how might God be calling you to a new way of life under his love and mercy and grace? Now, others of you here today may be sensing God redirecting you in some other ways. Perhaps your divine detour story is a little more like that of the disciples in today's gospel reading from Luke chapter 5. Here we have the story of Jesus who climbs into Simon's boat, initially not to go fishing, but in order to better address the crowds on the shore. You see, the the shoreline provided kind of a natural amphitheater, and so Jesus, being in a boat a little just a little bit offshore, could easily address this whole crowd. And so he taught the crowd from Simon's boat. But when he was done teaching, he turned to Simon and he said, Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Let's go fishing. Well, Simon kind of argues with Jesus at first. Uh, You know, Simon is a long, experienced fisherman. He knows the best time to fish is at night, not in the middle of the day. And he says, Lord, we worked hard all night long fishing and we didn't catch anything. As much as to say, do you really know what you're talking about here? You really want to go fishing in the middle of the day when we fished all night and didn't catch a thing? But then he says, but since you said to, we'll do it. And you heard the rest of the story. They get out into the deep water in the middle of the day and they catch so many fish, the nets were about to break. They call out a second boat and so much fish filled both boats, they started to sink. Yeah, Simon was a little surprised at all of that. It was such a huge catch that Simon was absolutely astonished. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were Simon's partners. And then Jesus said this to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. They went from being fishermen to being fishers of men. And their lives were never the same. It was a divine detour in the lives of those disciples. They went deeper in their following of Jesus.
So this is, this is the question for the rest of you today. Is the Lord perhaps calling you to get more serious about following Jesus? Is the Lord calling you to get more serious about following Jesus? To, to take a detour away from the way things have always been to perhaps a deeper walk with Christ. Now, I'm not suggesting you have to change careers. Although, let me just say, there is a real shortage of pastors and church workers in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Seriously, uh, they're projecting that in the next few years, there's going to be so many pastors retiring, there are going to be many, many churches without pastors. There is a great need, not only for pastors, but for other church workers, deaconesses and teachers and missionaries, men and women both. God may very well be calling you into ministry. Did you know that many of the men who are studying for the ministry today are second career men? So guys, don't write it off. Maybe God is calling you to be a pastor. Gals, maybe God is calling you to be a teacher, a deaconess, a missionary, a servant of the Lord somehow. But you don't have to change careers to go deeper in following Christ. I'm challenging you to consider how God may be calling you to a deeper level of discipleship right where you are. It starts with your worship life. If you come to worship services once a month, can I challenge you to consider coming two, three, or maybe four Sundays a month? to go deeper that way? Let me challenge you to consider going deeper in your Bible study, personally studying the Word on a daily basis, letting God feed you, even if it's just one verse a day, letting God feed you every day. Let me challenge you to be in a small group Bible study here at Shepherd of the Desert. Coming up in the fall, we're going to be launching a whole new series of Bible studies, small group opportunities for all of us to go deeper in our faith walk. We can learn so much from each other as we share our insights from God's Word. How about your opportunities to serve in ministry? You have many talents and abilities, God-given gifts. How might you use those in ministry here at Shepherd of the Desert? Let me challenge you to consider getting involved in mission and service projects locally or supporting mission work around the world, getting a hands-on opportunity to serve the Lord by serving other people. And let me just ask you, how are you fishing for people? Fishing for people in your everyday conversations, at work, among your neighbors, at school, wherever you might be. I'm not saying you have to go up and knock on doors of strangers. But what about in your everyday conversations, bringing God's story into other people's story, helping connect God's love with whatever people are going through, fishing for people ready to share the message that Jesus died and rose for them that they might have eternal life. You know, somebody once said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I like that. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Because he has his own plans, and it's a much better plan than we come up with. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines 
his steps. I mean, think about old Ananias from Acts chapter 9. At first, he was pretty hesitant to do what the Lord was instructing him to do. He had his own plan, but God had a greater plan. Or think about Simon Peter. Initially, he thought Jesus' suggestion to go out into the deep and fish was illogical. It didn't make any sense. In fact, in both cases, God's plan didn't seem to make much sense. But in both cases, God's plan was best. You see, discipleship is a call to trust that God knows what he is doing. He knows what he's doing when he calls you into a deeper relationship with himself. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 are so beautiful and profound. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Or in the King James Version, he will direct thy paths. Yeah, life is like being on a road trip in a sense. And sometimes we can be driving along thinking we have our route all planned out and then God surprises us with a detour road closed sign of his own making. And so I go back to my earlier question. Is there a divine detour in front of you? Is God trying to get your attention to take you in a different direction in life? And perhaps most importantly, how will you respond and when? Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, your Savior. Amen. Offerings for the Lord's work. And would you also uh, write your name and other information in the black registration booklet in the pew and pass that to your neighbor, please.